Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Kickback with Chris Martial Arts Podcast. Um, I hope you're all well. Um, <laughs> I suppose that's quite apt at the minute, really, with everything that's going on. Uh, yes, I'm going to be talking about that C word, that uh, not that one, but that old coronavirus that's got everybody talking at the moment uh, for very, very different reasons. Some because they're concerned and others because they think it's complete cobblers. Um, Whichever side of the fence you sit on, if you're a martial arts schooler or indeed maybe a student that trains at a martial arts school, it is something that it's fair to say we do need to be considering regardless of of how we sit on the situation. Um, Later on today, I'm going to be chatting with Matthew Chapman on one of the things that I think is a really good idea, um, which is to to have an online um, system in place ready. Um, I'm going to get to that a little bit more in a few minutes. Um, I'm also going to be uh, chatting to our guest this week, uh, Giovanni from the, I'm going to get this right, the British Martial Arts and Boxing Association, which in fairness, I shouldn't have to try to get right because it's pretty easy to remember. Um, A fantastic, I won't say new association because I mistakenly said that in the last episode. It's not new. They've been around for a while. Um, But a fantastic group that I came across on social media a few weeks ago that are offering, um, well, a a pretty damn good solution for for martial arts school owners and instructors out there in the UK at the moment. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that more, though, when when Giovanni's on. Um, So coming back to our topic uh, for this week, a quick one before we jump into the interviews. Um, This whole situation with coronavirus, COVID-19, that's going around at the moment. Now, as I'm recording this, we are at 163 cases in the UK, which, in the grand scheme of things, is still very, very low. That being said, it is something that is on the minds of the population at the moment. And something that I'm seeing a lot of on Facebook is, uh, or are instructors, being quite passive about this one. Uh, I've seen several comments from instructors saying that they are, um, they're not worrying about it and they're telling their students to not worry about it. But I think the reality of it is, is um, our students are worrying about it. And if we aren't seen to be um, respecting that or at least acknowledging it, um, we're going to be faced with a whole heap of problems. Um, so let's, Let's look at it as it is now. Um, there isn't really a need to panic at the moment, um, but the reality is that we are going to have students that are panicking. So something that I've done in my school that I've actually found has worked really well. I've had several um, emails back from parents just to say, you know, thank you for acknowledging this and our concerns, and it's really good to see that you've got a plan of action. So the plan of action that I've put in place is it's a four-stage plan. So at the moment, stage one, I'm saying to people, when you arrive for classes, wash your hands when you arrive and wash your hands when you leave. Um, our standard practice is if you have a cold or any illness, you don't come to class. But I have just obviously reaffirming that if you turn up to class and you're coughing, sneezing, blowing snot everywhere, you'll be turned around and sent home. Or if it's a child, obviously, we'll be ringing the parents and saying, please, can you come, come and collect your child? So just to save us the embarrassment and you the embarrassment, if you're showing any signs of a cold or any indeed any illness, please do not come. Um, people are heightened to this at the minute. So that's that's our, our first stage. Um, 
our second stage, or third stage, if you count those first two as separate ones, is um, we're going to say to the parents, look, you know, um, if things continue to increase and, you know, uh, people are getting more worried, we're going to ask that parents drop off and leave. So rather than staying in reception as they do sometimes, bless them, they'll cram in there like sardines um, or clicking on the phones, looking at social media, not actually watching the kids, but anyway, that's a separate subject. Um, but yeah, they all cram in there like sardines and then the next class comes and then they're all crammed in on top of them, breathing in each other's faces and it's not nice. Um, so what we will do is ask for parents to drop off and leave. Obviously this is if things continue to, to carry on in an upward trend, which I think in all fairness, they probably likely will in the coming weeks and months. Um, the next stage from there is we will reduce our class sizes, so we'll alter our timetable. Um, and we'll do this with a view to trying to uh, reduce the class numbers, because obviously the less people that are in there, the less risk there is of people transferring to higher groups or higher numbers of people. So less numbers in the same space, in theory, should mean... Um, that it keeps things a little bit safer um, and one of the things we were looking at is if we're faced with a situation where the schools are closed um, is perhaps looking to spread some of that out across the daytime as well which obviously will help the parents um, and then the final stage if we're in a, if we end up in a position where uh, we're asked to close um, we're going to look at implementing an, an online uh, training format either as pre-recorded sessions or as actual live sessions via YouTube Live or Facebook Live or um, another provider. Now, I know that last one will probably have some people giggling and thinking, how stupid, as if you can teach your classes online, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, if we end up in a position, with whether you think it's likely or not is irrelevant, if we end up in a position where we are having to close, or let's say you're the one that gets sick and you can't open, if you end up in that position, having the ability to at least provide something online is showing willing. You know, you're showing flexibility. You're not just closed and that's it. Nothing for however many weeks it is. You've got that safeguard there. You've got that, you know, people are going to appreciate the fact that you've taken the time to at least try to have something in place. So, you know, whether you think it's a silly idea or not, I personally think being prepared for the worst case scenario is a lot better than getting there, ending up there, and then having nothing, and having no backup. So there, there that's the, the, the steps that I've taken. Now, you know, I, I again, I, I'm not expecting it to get as bad as that. Um but as I said just a moment ago, I think it's I think it's a good idea. One, if it does happen, you're prepared. And two, even now, if the parents can see and your other students as well can see that you're you've got this action plan ready, you know they've they're, they're going to acknowledge that you're on top of this, and you know it's going to calm them down. There are schools already getting phone calls from students cancelling memberships, um, saying they're not going to be coming in for classes because they don't want to risk it. Um, I, I guess it's going to be area dependent. I mean, where I am, there are um, two schools that were part of this whole um, Italy Italian uh, skiing debacle. Um, so you know, people are decidedly heightened on it a little bit so to speak so you know um i think it's obviously it's going to be an ongoing thing which can have to monitor it uh, as as time's going along but I, I think i do worry I, I think there are some instructors out there that are being far too passive on this and oh it won't it won't affect us and then you know if it does or again even if it doesn't if your students see you taking that approach 
and they are genuinely concerned, they will just walk. So I think you need to just keep that in mind. Anyway, on to something a little bit more positive now. Now, um, obviously you guys listen, ladies that listen uh, fairly regularly will know that I have long been championing um, the idea of having more legislation, tighter controls, better rules, better options for training in the UK martial arts industry for instructors and assistants alike. Um, and then a few weeks ago, I stumbled upon the group, this group, um, the British Martial Arts and Boxing Association, who, to be completely honest, I hadn't heard of until I saw the advert. And if you've been on their website, what struck me immediately was a level of professionalism. Um, so I reached out to them, and uh, we've arranged for Giovanni, uh, the founder, to come on and have a chat about what it is that they're doing. So I'm going to jump straight over to that interview that we actually recorded yesterday, and then I'll come back to you on the other side. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay then, guys, so joining me on the phone now from, and I'm going to get this right, the British Martial Arts and Boxing Association, because I've written this down to make sure I didn't make, mess it up. We have Mr. Giovanni Sofietto. Did I get yeah, that right? Well done. Well done yes. Five points for me. <laughs> <laughs> But first of all, thank you for joining us because I know you're very, very, very busy at the moment. Um, and I appreciate, well, with all I guess, I appreciate the time that you give to uh, join me on the show. Um, this, I will be honest, this is one that I have been rubbing my hands at in glee for a while now since we discussed the opportunity to get you on. Um, because for those out there that listen to the show regularly, they know that I am one for championing slash banging on rather a lot about the need for uh, much more professionalism and um, just as a as the industry we just need to sort of take take a little bit more responsibility sure. for ourselves um, and then I, uh, there I am I'm on Facebook clicking around and up pops your details and I thought oh let's have a look at this then and then I was I was greeted by what I can say is probably the single most professional looking association martial arts website I've ever seen um, so, so yeah, so that immediately piqued my interest, um, and then here we are today. So, One yes, more. what I like to do, if it's okay, is go back to the beginning. Obviously, with yourself, we've, we've not spoke before, so I just no. wondered um, how did this all how did this all come about? And you know, do you have a, a? I'm assuming you have a background in martial arts yourself as well. I do, yeah. So, I, I mean, I've, I've been in martial arts since I was a child. My father got me into jujitsu when I was four, um, and karate when I was six, and did all the sort of usual karate classes around school you do as a kid and, and, and there's all that sort of stuff um, I mean I grew up in the southwest of, of the country down in Devon okay. and I was born into a family which was just completely broke you know sort of council um, estates no money all this sort of stuff and martial arts was always that thing which was the sort of the driving force that meant to do something you know it was always the yeah. thing you want to do um, and that did all the traditional martial arts through my childhood and kept karate up until I was a teenager um, and then I came across Muay Thai boxing and, and mixed martial arts as a teenager and I just loved it. The chance to jump in the ring and, and sort of compete was amazing. Um, and then naturally, I think like most instructors, you find yourself when you do it for many, many years, naturally sort of showing newbies the ropes and guiding people along who are coming to it for the very first time. Yeah. And at that sort of point, I started wanting to coach and wanting to instruct. And at the time, I must have been 19, 20 years old, maybe, maybe a bit younger than that. And yeah. I was struck by, I was completely broke, working two jobs, sort of make ends meet. And I was struck by how expensive it seemed to be to 
join organizations and to sort of get your paperwork in place, mm. but also how little you seem to get in terms of support, understanding what you needed and what you had yes. to do off the back of it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it was off the back of a couple of experiences there and later on a, a sort of experiences working in an FCA rate, so in the insurance industry, Sure. Uh, seeing how different a regulated industry is to the martial arts industry and trying to just think there must be a, a there must be a better way of doing it. There must be a more modern way of, of sort of putting in place those standards we all need mm. without going down the rabbit hole of sort of trying to put everyone into one box, if that makes any sense. Yes, absolutely. So when we started the BMABA, as we know, um, I was only 20 at the time, and I had quite literally 20 quid in my back pocket to do it with. Wow. And you hit all the same stuff. It's always the naysayers. It's impossible to do. You won't make any traction. You're not going to make up any ground. Um, but what always amazes me is the martial arts community itself is just just an incredible community. It's unlike anything you find anywhere else. Yeah. It's unlike anything else you find in other sports. And, and you try and describe martial arts to somebody who doesn't do it, and it's impossible to do. But when you talk to anybody who knows martial arts, we all know that experience where a five-minute conversation becomes a four-hour conversation because you just can't stop talking about it once you start. Yes. Um, and we've snowballed from year one, having that tiny sort of startup community organization without any real feel of what we're doing to today. Um, that's 2012, that was, and now today, obviously, 2020. Um, we, we used to figure 16,500 members, but wow. actually already this year, we, we've, we've brought on 5,000 more new members. So we, we've just got to this peak of growth, which is really, really exciting because it's given us... Um, quite a platform now to start doing some fun things with. It is, is, and I mean, I'm, I'm not just saying this because you're on the phone with me now, but it is an, an amazing platform. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I've been involved now in martial arts training for thirty something years, and and sort of as a professional as a job for the last sure. sort of tw- for the twenty. Now, initially, early days, I was working for somebody else, so I really didn't have an insight into this sort of thing. But yeah, I, sure. I remember when I, when I remember when I began teaching certainly sort of 16 years ago i was i had no idea about any of this sort of thing yeah. and not only that it was impossible to find anything it was. It was, there was nothing there was nothing out there and you'd ask questions I, i'd be ringing up the council i'd be ringing up they, they'd just all go oh, well we don't know don't ask <laughs> us and <laughs> yeah. i'm like well, what right. do i do what do i do then so i go back to the people i was working with and they were oh just open up and don't worry about it oh okay fair enough so you know and obviously as time's gone on and you know you we take a little bit. Well, we hope people start to take a little bit more responsibility for themselves, but, yeah. and we know that maybe not everybody does. Um, you know, I, I started looking into things, going there must be, there must be other ways of doing this. And I, 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 you know, up until very recently, I was still drawing a lot of blanks and and sort of filling the gaps myself. And what I found amazing, you know, I've I've had a click click through your website and the amount of information that's on there. What I really love, and I've only just found this today, actually, when I was clicking around, is you have um, a section on there, step by step, taking people through. You know, if if you know first aid, what do you need? What sort of steps should you be taking? What should you be looking for within your business? As opposed to you know, you go along, you do your day course, you get your certificate, but that you know, there's more to it than that. Um, obviously, with regards to um, writing risk assessments and the processes you should be going through. And it's all on there, step by step, which as martial arts instructors, we, we kind of need a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's always been the plan. And you, you hit the nail on the head, Chris. I think it's, it's hard to find these things. And the thing we're keen to stress is we're a social enterprise, so we don't have profit to take into account. We don't have dividends or anything like that. All our profits mm-hmm. go back into the organization, which is really nice because we can – I think the, the, those sort of reemerging things that seem to have been the pitfalls for other organizations in the past and the things we've always said – will avoid the same things as politics, money, power, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think the resistance in the market is 
the industry saying, you can't tell me how to do my karate better or my jiu-jitsu better, whatever it might be. And the key thing we say, and the reason we're multi-style, we have more than one style we work with is we're not designed to tell people how to do, let's use an arbitrary, I say karate, let's say shotgun karate, which is what I used to do. Mm -hmm. We're not telling someone how to technically do that better. Technical proficiency and professional proficiency are two very different things. So to join us, you've already got to have that technical proficiency first and minimum standard or above. And that's great. And we'll let everybody go off and do their own thing in terms of how they technically develop themselves as better martial artists and better coaches. But in terms of how we teach more professionally and how we safeguard our industry from a major scandal that imposes a regulator on us who doesn't understand what we do and doesn't love it like we all do. Um, It's about, as you say, it's just very, very basic things, but just knowing what those basic things are and understanding why they are either legal requirements that aren't actually legislated, but would be expected of you in a court of law. Absolutely. Or why it forms best practice. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that, I think that's a big one there. You know, I, I've come across people in the past and go, oh, well, you know, no, nobody said we have to have this. Well, no, it's not necessarily yeah. what it's about. You know, <laughs> right. you, you know, if you're if you're standing up, if you're standing there in court and you've got to explain, you know, well, why? Why do you not have a child protection policy? You know, why have you not been on a safeguarding course? Quite right. Well, nobody said we needed to. Well, that's not the point. <laughs> it's not. Quite right. You don't want to be in the position of having to explain why you don't have it. Yeah. You just go out and do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And martial arts is that weird one, isn't it? Where I think we've, we're so used to just doing it. I mean, as the same as you probably. In the Thai boxing gym I used to train at had splinters in the floorboards and no heating, sort of windows. You put single pane glasses, you could put your hand through on the windows and no health and safety assessment in the world had ever touched that place with a barge pole and it never would never have passed fire standards or any of that sort of stuff. And I think that 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 sort of is that balance, isn't it, between saying you don't want to water down and dilute what makes martial arts so brilliant and the resilience it gives you and that rough and ready side of some styles, yeah. but just as you say quite rightly, the things that you're legally going to be supposed to have and the things that you need to have if you're going to give your students the chance yeah. to develop in a safe and healthy environment. Absolutely. I mean, simple. I suppose a simple way to look at it in some respects is if you have the 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 image that you want to portray from your school is is sort of like the 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 outer shell of a ferrari yes okay yep. and then the engine being the the the, the back the backbone the, the business side of things and you know a lot a, a lot of schools i think they've got that shiny exterior but yes. then in there they've got a a, a fiat punto engine quite right you know? and <laughs> yeah. and that that's I that's like the that. bit yeah we don't nobody sees that part but that part's important if you want that ferrari to go fast You've got to have that V12 in there, yeah, and right. as, as I say, a lot of schools have got the shiny exterior, but they've not got the 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 the, the, the meat, the, the the important part. That the stuff that you hope that you will never ever need to fall back on, but it's you know, as is in case of insurance, it's better to have it there and never exactly need it. And, and the wait. insurance that's going to be the biggest headache for all. I mean, I, I we can't say how many times we've come across it. There's actually a case about three years ago we came across in passing, and unfortunately we hadn't worked with this individual and. Um, but he'd, he'd had uh, had a claim arise on his insurance policy and he'd bought this policy off the shelf expecting it to just cover him arbitrarily, not understanding that obviously in all policies there's expectations and standards and things you've got to have in place regardless of whether or not it's prominent when you take out the policy. Yeah. And because he was a sole trader and he didn't have a limited company, he was one and the same with his club. Um, I think the damages he he was owing was sort of 70 or 80,000 pounds in this one particular case wow. um, and it cost the poor guy's house you know because he, he was personally liable and, and that was all part of it and, and it's just things like that which which keep you awake at night and it's um it, it's yeah. such a distraction from what makes martial arts brilliant and it's a distraction from what your students need you to be teaching them and and it's it's so simple to to sort out when you know exactly what it is you're looking for 
Yeah, which is, you know, and again, just to disclose this so that people out there aren't thinking I'm going through some giant sales pitch here. <laughs> I did actually approach these guys and, you know, I've taken out a membership with them and gone through exactly the same process as, as you know, Fred the instructor down the street from me would do if, if they were applying. One of the things that I really liked was, and I mean, I've, as I say, I've been doing this for a long time. And I've gone through different associations and different groups. And don't get me wrong, I've worked with some great ones. Yeah, of course. I still do on a, on a fairly regular basis, course, converse yeah. with people from different associations. But what I really liked about, about the application process for you guys was um, there was a point at which you asked for proof of grades. Yes. Um, and that is something that you just do not see a lot of. And I mean, I've had experience myself through my own um, my own school, you know, with with. Uh, an individual that went on to do their own thing, which is quite fine. Um, but I know that the the associations, association that they they ended up settling with didn't do any background checks on them because I didn't hear a thing from that, them yeah. at all. And yeah. I know that I didn't issue that person with a certificate. So how they ratified <laughs> their grade, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know that 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 sort of thing is important. You know, absolutely. Bit, not absolutely. only for us, but obviously I would assume for you guys as well. If you're if you're if you're issuing issuing the you know the the, the you uh, agree with that grade, then you've got to have some sort of proof. Yeah, that absolutely. Exists. I mean, I don't understand how hard. I, like you say, I, I want to be exactly the same because we always say it publicly, and it is genuinely the case that some associations do a great job, and we're not one to say us or nobody. I think there's room in our industry for so many different associations because all martial arts have different emphasis on different things, styles, you know, competitions, disciplines, mm-hmm. etc. But we scratch our heads sometimes at how some people or how some organizations sleep at night because, yeah, there's definitely a legal liability open for an organization. And, and more importantly for our members, if one of our clubs takes the time and expense to go right the way through the process, taking out all their checks and qualifications and CPD and becoming a really good, efficient, safe club, the last thing we want them to do is look down the road and see another club with the same logo on the door um, who hasn't bothered to do any of it, who rubbishes their name. And, and it's such a simple thing to ask someone to do. And I think as soon as you take out the profit element and, and you're not, or not for profit, it's really easy to say, I'm sorry. And as we do now, I think the stat is um, 66% of applicants don't mm. actually gain membership because we just can't verify wow. some form of credible grade. And it's not to say that any some grades will be issued in good faith by an instructor who is very competent and it, they might not be with an association. It's not necessarily a problem. We have steps we can go through if the grades aren't verifiable on themselves to work out if somebody is in more likely and not technically proficient mm-hmm. um but we just need someone to engage with us and show that they they're willing to just meet that show that that minimum standard has been met or that minimum threshold's there and, and in so many cases it, it just never is and then people will walk away or just, or just not in, enter into the first place i mean that that that, that that's a, that's a shockingly high statistic 66 percent and it's 66 percent yeah Wow, and if you take into account that that's obviously sixty six percent of the people that apply to you, that's that. If you take that number on a wider scale to the industry as a whole, it's yeah, quite quite scary. I really. think it is. We've I mean, we've worked out several times over we would be past forty thousand members if we didn't ask for grades. And I think whether whether people who don't present proof of grade or can't make the standard go off to someone else who doesn't ask, I don't know. Like you, we we never hear back from from some of them. So it, it's just one of those things. As professionals, we'd all expect to be able to show we know what we're doing. And if you can't show it on paper, then a video demonstration or a face-to-face with an examiner, mm. you know, all, all at no cost is, is a fairly straightforward things to do to show you are who you say you are. And, and it's um, perhaps it's a show of the industry that some some instructors or clubs just don't want to do that. And absolutely. And, and all credit to you guys for doing that because I think that's a massive step forward. Now, another thing which um, 
I haven't certainly not come. I'm, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that there aren't other associations out there that aren't providing similar services, but not on this level. Um, one of the things that I liked was the fact that you know, you're giving people the opportunity, instructors, to go through a step by step, almost a course. Um, yes. To that 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 was brilliant. I clicked on Thank that. You. I actually started going through it, and what I liked is it wouldn't let me shortcut. Yes. I thought, yes. actually, well, I'm just going to jump straight in on the top one. So I just clicked it. <laughs> yeah. Just out of cheekiness to see if it would work. And it went, nope, you've not gone through the first step. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah. back to the start. Um, and that, that's brilliant. That's brilliant because, you know, uh, let's be honest. We, 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 all, we, all like, we all like bits of paper for the wall. We do. We love it. Love, we love it. it. It's what we're made uh, for, isn't it? We love it. Yeah, it absolutely. Over here, it's, we just love this sort of thing. But more importantly, I'm, you know, I'm, from, the, from the beginning, the first one that I started on, it, it's very clear that it's, it, it's it's giving you food for thought. You know, you you can't just click through it willy nilly. You've got to read the content and then you know take it on board. And it's it's sure. that's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It's really good to know. I mean, yeah, and, and I think you're absolutely right in, in terms of what you say. It's just for us. It's, it's again, it's just basic stuff. And I think for us, the the thing which drives us to want to grow is that that possible fear of the industry being taken out of our hands and that's us collectively as martial artists mm. because of a major safeguarding scandal or a major health and safety scandal and it will happen at some point mm. and it's whether when that happens and the pressure of the media pick up on it and it's all pointed towards us as an industry we can collectively say it's okay it's a little bit all over the place but we do all have the right checks and balances in place and we're all trying to do the right thing and for us the courses i mean we run face-to-face safeguarding training and first aid all that sort of stuff but it's expensive for clubs to do and it's expensive and it takes time and travel and this digital age, everything's on the end of your phone nowadays. And it, it seems crazy to, to ask clubs that can't afford to pay for training courses to do that when the same content can be delivered with a really, really hard assessment process, really high um, failure rate on the assessment process online for free. It just seems like a sort of no, no um, it seems like a sort of a nothing to start with. It seems crazy not to do it. Absolutely. And I mean, and I, um, all, all honesty, and I say this now with everybody listening, yeah, it's, sure. been, it's been crazy. I've, uh, this last couple of weeks has been nuts. And I've only just this morning um, logged into the, the, it's called the My, it's really hard for me to say this, My BMABA. There you go. <laughs> well done. Yeah. yeah um, which is like a, a portal. And, and, and yes. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been, on some websites for different groups without naming names and stuff. And literally there's just nothing there. Yeah, there's sure. nothing there. And, and on, I, I would need probably, I don't know how many hours to go through all of this. I just, when I started clicking around, I was just like, there's just, I mean, I'll just go through, um, t- t- tell me to shush if I'm telling people things they shouldn't know. Sure. <laughs> don't tell them that. But no, yeah. um, no um, but no, just, you know, even, just going through the tools section so there's charitable programs qualifications and training um it, you know access to certificates accreditation website hosting temp- templates printing and design club website it's just it keeps going keeps going and um, then there's an insurance section with event insurance club insurance specialist cover licensing dbs checks first aid qualifications and i could just keep going it's just i, I was looking at these drop downs going this is going to take me several hours to get through all of this, which is great. And now, now some people might go, oh, oh I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, but, sure. but at the same time, you know, there, there, there's no there's, there's no time scale to it. Obviously, I can sit down with a cuppa every morning and go through another yeah, section. Sure. And But it's there. That's the cool thing is I'm not going to – I don't have to now go searching around the internet for this information. It's there. It's ready. It's, there is no excuse for me now to not do any of this. It's there. That's great. Uh, you, and you that's, the head there. The, that's, the, yeah, 
that's the great thing about it. I think we, we, we can all create excuses. Oh, I'm too busy to do that. Oh, da, da, da. it's there. I log in and I go and read it now. I, I think that's great because our web guys will be, will be sort of, I'm sure there'll be a sigh of relief from them right now hearing that because we've invested, um, I can't even tell you how much building that sort of system up. But you're right though. And I think that's half the thing. Most instructors want to do a good job and, and just don't have a lot of time. It's, it's a, not a day job for them. It's a, it's something to do around the day job. They haven't got much time. They haven't got much spare cash to do it with. So, and we all find, I certainly found when I started teaching, when I was, I mean, I was talking to some associations, obviously you won't name who, but some of them, and something you'd expect to know better, and you'd say, what do I need? Or what does this insurance cover me for? And there's nigh on silence, or they say, oh, well, it covers you for X. And it's sort of such a broad, un sort of uh, finesse answer, and it sort of leaves you feeling a bit vulnerable. And I think what we've found over the years of doing this and talking to people like Sport England and the likes as we go yeah. is no one really seems to know quite what martial arts needs to have. So it seems better that we, we put a minimum standard that's very, very simple and affordable and easy to reach. And then we have best practice, which is much more than that, but it helps you cover your back. And if we put it out nice and straightforward, as you say, then there's, there's no real reason for someone not to not to reach it, not to protect themselves. Yeah, perfect. Um, I, I am, as I say, I'm going to sit down and have a good good nosy through all of this later as well, because it's um, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Um, now, just something else I wanted to discuss yeah, sure. as well was um, the the charitable foundation you've got called Fighting Chance, which yes, I again. And this is why I was saying back at the start, I couldn't believe how much stuff there was to go through. I know I keep going back <laughs> to saying this. No, it's great because this is the sort of thing I, you know, um, as I said before at the start, regular listeners will know how much I am. I am one for getting on my soapbox and banging yes, on about sure. yeah. how yeah. The, the as an as an industry we need this so so much. And then and then when I when I actually found out that there was completely another section to it um this fighting chance charitable foundation i was just kind of like well here we go it just keeps getting better so rather than me sort of half mess about trying to explain it i'll let you talk about it if that's yeah, okay thanks chris no sure i mean the foundation we've literally launched it publicly it's been running since 2019 we launched it publicly january this year and all it is is so many clubs already do the stuff that the foundation does formally but they don't get the recognition for it and they don't get the support doing it. So what we're trying to do is find some key, some key targets, some key audiences that martial arts can make a huge difference to. So we've got a couple of sort of headline ones. Mm. One is a scholarship program, which is about kids in poverty, get them on the mats, making sure the martial arts is paid for so they can train. Uh, that's done with a view to them eventually becoming instructors in their own right so they can break the poverty cycle and teach and earn money and, and spread martial arts to, to more people in the same communities. Uh, there's things like Punch Like a Girl, which is about getting women and girls onto the mats and changing that perception around what martial arts looks like for women and girls taking part in it. Um, things like Ditch the Blade, which we do in conjunction with the Home Office. It's now a free project, and that's, again, about using martial arts to act as a... And people will say, well, you're not teaching someone how to block a blade. No, absolutely not. It's crazy. You're going to get stabbed. We all know how that works. Yeah. Um, but it's more about having something to do other than being that position in which you are exposed to the life of crime and to provide some things like personal safety awareness sessions, which are effectively saying, if you see a blade, run like hell because you can't really block it. So the foundation is where all of our profits go. Everything the business makes, the social enterprise, the association, all goes into the foundation. And mm. our clubs can, for free, obviously, as members, access the foundation. So if a club thinks, actually, Johnny in the class could really do with some help with tuition fees, they can join the scholarship program and they can support him through the studies with the foundation backing them financially and sort of with materials and resources and expertise as well. So they can provide that student with free training, whatever it is they need, um, without having to worry about it all coming off their own balance sheet or worrying about how that sort of looks on the, with its favoritism and all this sort of stuff. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I mean, the one in particular that I know, I'm um, just reading, the, I'm on the website now. Uh, where was it now? Uh, I just literally had it and I've lost it. <laughs> where did I? Did I and it was a inclusivity one that you were. Yes, inclusive martial arts. Yeah, yeah that that's. Um, I mentioned that it was something that you were looking to introduce to the beginning beginning of this year. Could you just touch on that one a little bit? Because that's, that's definitely why wow, I found it. Found it. There we go. Well done, you found it. Yeah, sure. So yeah, it's it's in progress. We're building a fund up now internally. I mean, we're not funded by anybody, so this is all self funded by us um, as an organisation. And all the membership fees our members pay. So we do it ourselves. We're building a fee uh, a fund up. And what we're trying to do is make inclusive martial arts just the stable. It shouldn't have to be known as inclusive martial arts. It should just be martial arts. Mm. Um, but what that funding is going to provide is just sort of two prongs. One is for the instructors to help instructors understand how to coach disability martial arts. And that's more because it's just some instructors are terrified of it and don't know how yeah. to do it with dignity and don't understand the sort of professional side of it. And the other side is the practical things. They're trying to make sure clubs can actually afford to rent or use premises that are... Um, have disabled access and are accessible to everybody so that's what that program is for and it's actually going live in i think it's june the first which is approaches very very quickly actually so a couple mm. months time well, that's fantastic that's that's one that i would definitely be you know interested in chatting to you guys more about at the time um, yeah sure so that's yeah brilliant so uh, as well what i want to touch on is which this really impressed me as well and this just the, the other instructors out there i know sometimes when you know we'll, we'll, we'll join different associations and and supporting bodies and things you know you join them and then that's kind of it you know you don't really hear anything and that's it well I, you know i came in uh, i think it was yesterday or the day before maybe i can't remember off the top of my head i went through the regular um online process to join yeah. these guys and and then i came into the office today to open up to find um a pack on my doorstep um and, and i mean in there just just you know some of the things um there was a cap and a t-shirt. This is on the silver membership. Um, there was, or there was like a bag in there as well, and then of course certificates. Now, I've had certificates come through before um, from from other groups, literally photocopied <laughs> on a piece of paper yeah. with my name scribbled on there. Um, and the first thing that that struck me was the professionalism, the the quality of of, of these um, certificates that were in there. Um, you know, with uh, I can't remember what you call them now. The little scanning, not, I want to say barcodes, but that's oh, the QR codes, the little yes. kind of ones, I mean, little block codes at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. so that people, uh, which is great, so that people can click on there and go and check it out. And you know, that's genius. I love that idea. That is so so Thank smart. Thank you, Chris. Um, yeah, just, yeah. And it back just, to you. Worth, worth mentioning that QR code comes back to your record, so public can see if your DBS checked and sure that stuff. Exactly, but it's perfect. How many? How many times? I can't even. I, I obviously I'm not going to go disclose yeah, sure. for legal reasons. Sure. I, you know, I, I quite like my house and car, um, but you know I, I've been fortunate enough to through through my work, you know, go around the country teaching in schools um, for all over the place for for different groups, different you know some multi level franchises, some small setups all sure. over. And I and the times I've gone into schools and I've seen certificates on the wall and I've looked at them and thought, I literally have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, where that's yeah. from, other than Microsoft Publisher, probably yes. in the guy's office. Yeah, um, and then this sort of thing, you know, as I said, going back to SARP, we like, and I'm the same. We like to put these bits of paper out on the walls so the parents can see them, and you know, quite rightly, you know, displaying these things. Now that that extra level of accountability, because the parent can go up with their phone and they can go, let's have a look at this and scan that QR code, and they can go verify it. Yeah, 
which is yep. brilliant. And hopefully for you taking the time to actually bother to verify DBS checks and your safeguarding qualifications, you haven't got to carry it all around with you and you can actually quite proudly, hopefully, say to parents, have it scanned, don't take my word for it, scan this when you're sat in front of the school, scan this. And uh, if you still carry on your DBS checks, you can let us verify it online with a degree of separation so you're not seen to rubber stamp yourself. It's, it seems just common, it's just common sense. It's fairly basic stuff. It's just, it just doesn't seem to have been in our industry before, which is bizarre. Okay. Common bizarre. sense is not common sense is not commonplace in the most <laughs> yeah. industry, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, right. no, but um, what I would say, uh, where if anybody listening in wants to find out more um, about your association, where where should they head? They can come to our website, which is bmaba.org.uk, or they can contact us through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, anywhere anywhere we've got a presence. But uh, we welcome anybody with queries and questions and we might not be the right fit for everybody uh, but we'll, we'll we'll do our best to give everyone a chance to make an informed decision either way yeah and i would uh, again i would urge people to go and check this out because uh, you know uh, by far head and shoulders and, and I'm, I'm hoping this is really going to help raise the game for the industry as a whole because if more people start working at this level it's only going to be good for everybody um you know I, and i'm not just talking associations like some webs you know um martial arts schools like like my own and others if sure. we can start working to this level i think we're going to be in a um a much better position going forwards especially with things like you know the the <laughs> that we all know the recent discussions about the whole uh, situation with uh, the p uh, yes this this is yeah. the sort of thing that we need you know it's all very well with the greatest respect to people that have putting petitions out and things that's great but if we haven't got anything to back up the shouting then nothing's going to change and you're, um, quite right. you're quite right and actually i heard a conversation you had with that and you were hitting the nail on the head i was nodding along and green all the way at the m5 on it is it's that thing isn't it where parents or schools look at us and the, you might be a fantastic instructor with a brilliant club but when they look behind you to see where what the context is or where you sit and they're just squabbling and, and bickering and, and sort of different organizations doing different things it must be so confusing for parents to try and understand why there's no single place to go to it must be so confusing yeah well one of the things that i've been championing championing for and i don't think it's whether it'd be possible in the future who knows but you know uh, almost like having um an instructor mot yes. so you know yeah. not you know we're not not the full bells and whistles servicing package with bmw i'm talking <laughs> uh, you know every however many years just maybe in line with the same as a um a first aid course yes. you know an instructor mot and on a national level we have to go along we have to be able to demonstrate a certain level of competency and uh, maybe in this day and age you could even be done uh, digitally you could submit a video um to say you know uh, demonstrate yourself teaching certain techniques blah 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 and you know just be able to evidence certain things yeah to prove uh, that you're it's, eligible it's to teach idea. it's a great idea and i actually would take it one further chris i think you're bang on the money with it and i think we can go one further and say that actually the association so us guys at the top who collect all your membership fees we should be having the burden on us. So I think, and we've been saying for years, we've actually put money into program into funding it before, but nobody's wanted to really take part. There should be a standardised code of practice for instructors yeah. and associations. And to avoid the situation where a single regulator imposes themselves on our industry and wipes out all the creativity and uniqueness to what we do, um, all associations can prescribe to the governing articles or whatever you want to call it. So we all say separate, take away this whole power struggle. Um, but the associations can then manage their people properly to some sort of set, set standard that we can all contribute to. Um, and that takes the onus out of the club's responsibility and should take it out of the club's pocket as well and make sure they're not out of pocket trying to do what their governing body should be doing for them. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always said I've been more than happy to put myself forward as a guinea pig for this sort of thing because, you know, um, 
uh, uh, how, hands up. You know, I I don't think for a second that we'll be doing everything 100% properly. No, you sure. know, but because it, it's and and that, that's not not me trying to drop myself in it, but it, it is. You know, I'm 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 doing the best to do the best that I can. Yes, you know, and that's you know, and a lot of schools out there are as well. But we we need help with this sort of thing. And I, I think if you know we if we were all held accountable to a certain set standard when it comes to being able to deliver the thing that we're taking money for, yes. uh, or whether we're not taking money for, regardless, then I think you know we're going to start hoovering up very quickly the people that are out there that we know i i know them there's some in my own local area you know that they they rock up and then the next day they're a fifth dan in some completely unheard of system and they're they're taking money from parents to teach kids and they're they're just away with it and And they're the the ones who do the damage as well because they're the ones who will attract the safeguarding issues or the health and safety problems down the line which will impact on all of you because we all wear the same belts you know someone a parent won't discern the difference between organizations or styles or grades or backgrounds they they don't see it they just see the the gi and they see the belt so i couldn't agree more i think it's um a fairly easily remedied problem but i think the key thing we always say is it's got to be on the associations to foot the financial bill because otherwise you push clubs underground who can't afford it um, and you yeah. end up back at this thing where it becomes you know a thousand pounds to do this and six hundred pounds for that and it just becomes unaffordable but i, I couldn't agree more it's it we need to do it ourselves as an industry because if we don't it will be forced upon us but if it's forced upon us we're going to lose that ability to to guide ourselves in terms of how it works best for us and our club so i, I think yeah. it's just a case of collectively putting aside the differences to an extent and sort of talking to one another and working out how we can best make sure we root out those people who, who do just sort of self-grade <laughs> Well, I've just, I've just, there's my accountability. I've just said on the podcast, I'll put myself forward as a guinea pig. So if you guys organize, <laughs> ever anybody yeah, organize sure. anything, sure. and you need anybody to test it out on, if you want to put me in a room full of people with clipboards, then. That's <laughs> great, Chris. <laughs> you walked into it there. We'll, we'll hold you to that. <laughs> but no, I mean, joking aside, I think if we're, you know, any of us in, you know, that are doing this, we should be prepared to be able to be scrutinized because it's the only way we're going to move forward. If we think we're great at everything all of the time and there's no room for any improvements, yeah. then that's, that's, that's where we're, it's our own downfall. You know, um, I, I, as I say, I think I'm doing the best that I can, but I know that there's room for improvement. And if somebody that knows this area better than me can help me with that, then I would be a fool to not listen to them. Right. So, you know, and I, and I think the key thing you've already said as well is it's about doing your best, but it's also worth mentioning that it's not just, professional and technical are two different things so it's not saying you're not a good not good at your style or not good at teaching or not good at doing your thing because you need a bit more help understanding what safeguarding is it changes so yeah. fast we've got a safeguarding expert in-house and she has to retrain every few months it seems because it changes so fast it's, it's just recognizing that there's certain, we can't all do all things right as you say rightly we're, we're the same we won't be doing everything exactly right we try but i'm sure there's things we can improve on and it's just recognizing that being a really good martial artist and a really good coach in terms of technically how you deliver skills doesn't mean you're necessarily very good at other side of things. It doesn't detract one way or the other as well if you need a bit more help in other areas. Mm, mm, absolutely. Now, because I, in my typical fashion, I've managed to take this off on a completely opposite skew segue in another <laughs> direction. We just remind the listeners one more time of how they can get in touch because that's usually how I close up the interview. Of course. Yeah, thank you. So <laughs> the best place is the website, which is bmaba.org.uk. Um, you can give us a buzz 01798 five or six or you can just in touch through social media all the usual places if you search for bmaba or the british martial arts and boxing association you'll find us fantastic well thank you very much for your time and um, i'm no doubt we will speak again very soon my pleasure thanks chris thanks very much enjoy our podcast please remember to subscribe rate and review kickback with chris on itunes today so big thanks to giovanni for his time today you know that where to start i mean 
you know, it was very difficult, very, very difficult for me going into this one because I, I can't stress how impressed I was with what I came across when I visited this website. And I was very aware of trying not to make it sound like a huge sales pitch for them. Um, but really, to be fair, you know, if you're, if you've been teaching for any length of time, a decent amount of time, say five, ten years plus, um, You've probably come across a lot of different association websites, and as uh, to be to be looked to be completely transparent and clear, this wasn't um, a me trying to get something out of them situation. As I know, some more skeptical people out there may may think, and um, this was genuinely. I came across the website, um, and I started clicking around, and it very very quickly became aware how professional, how much a deep deep levels of thinking had gone into this um and then obviously once i you know um joined so to speak and then um uh, it was the silver membership that I, that I went in at and started looking through what was on there it is immense the instructor training section alone is just absolutely brilliant you know just some accountability there they having to go through if any of you've done any of the um like child protection online courses and stuff like that through through the different providers that there are out there. It's a very similar format. So, you know, you, you have to read up the subject matter and then it's multiple choice. And you have to score a certain percentage. So professional and then it generates a, a PDF certificate for you at the end. So, you know, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And and hopefully, you know, the other associations... Associate, wow, hard to say if you've just finished a sparring class. Associations out there are going to follow suit and this is going to raise the bar. Um, so not only will it help to weed out these, um, shall we say, less honest instructors, um, it'll also help and serve as a means to, to give the other associations a bit of a nudge as well to, to up their game. And there are some great ones out there. I'm obviously not going to go naming particular groups, but you know there are some really good good people out there doing good things and uh, hopefully they all stand to benefit okay so just before we go to our next chat with matthew our match out which is going to be tied in with the opening section i was speaking about um with the whole the c virus so to speak um just a little little fun thing that's just just popped up on my facebook um we were talking the other day on another episode about the rise of the whole the whole um um, consultancy thing making a comeback um it now seems that everybody out there wants a podcast You've got martial arts instructors left right and center <laughs> popping up with podcasts now look just to be completely transparent with this one and honest if those of you've been listening to this long enough will know two years ago i started this one back i was actually first prompted on the whole martial arts podcast thing by Fantastic podcast from a fantastic martial artist, an all-round decent bloke, Mick Tully, um, with Mixed Martial Arts, which is still going, I believe. You can check it out on um, on iTunes, so a little plug for Mick there. Um, so I, I'd listened to his podcast, and I was into podcasts, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give a go, because there's not really anybody else out there in this country doing it. Fast forward two years, everyone and the dog's doing a podcast now. <laughs> it seems to be the in thing. I mean, fair play to anybody out there that's doing it, but... You know, um, yeah, there's just this week alone. I've, I think there's been three that have um, been sent my way from other people, so to speak. And uh, I just found it a little funny. So I put a, I put a little fun Facebook post, post out early. Somebody will probably get the, 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 the undergarments and a twist over it. But it's just a bit of fun. Chill out. Facebook's not real. So 
on to our Matt Chat with Matthew Chapman. Um, coming to you live from somewhere in the UK. I know he's out on a course somewhere. So we'll jump over to the call with Matt, and then I'll chat to you on the other side. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. So joining me in the car from <laughs> the UK, Mr. Matthew Chapman. Hey, dude. How are you doing? Clapping for you again. Uh, I'm good, Thank thanks. You. I'm still alive. Good. As am I. As are you. Just about. Well, you're hiding in your car somewhere. Yeah, I'm in Brighton uh, at a conference. So uh, just hop into the car and uh, do this quick and then back to the conference. Oh, back for conference. Is it a conference you can, you're allowed to divulge? Uh, yeah, it's a marketing conference. There's a new one called uh, Entrepreneurs Marketing Conference. The first yeah. event. It's very, very good. Highly recommend it because there's no sales pitch at allowed. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yes. So all you get is really useful stuff about the half hour trying to sell you a mastermind or a course at the end. Not been in, you've not been asked to raise your hand or... Um, no, nah, 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 none of that. Go to the back of the room. No, nah, there's nothing at the back of the room. It's empty. Brilliant. Oh, all good. Yes. All good. Excellent stuff. So uh, I was at the, the outset of the show, I was talking a little bit about the current situation, um, which I'm sure most instructors out there unless they've got their heads in the sand, I'll be very aware of. Um, I know it's been a, it's not been an issue in my school, but there's definitely been people talking about it and asking questions about it, which yes. is the, uh, the the situation of this coronavirus, COVID-19, all this shenanigans that's going on. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, well, I wouldn't say it's slowly crept upon us. It's sort of dropped on us as a big viral bomb this last sort of six days <laughs> yeah it's, it's kicking off isn't it a bit. it's gone from being that thing that a couple of people in newcastle had to i think what it was nine hundred and hundred and sixty three or something cases now or something um of course, uh, diagnosed right there's the yeah. other thousand who are not diagnosed yes of course and it's only gonna it's only gonna increase um yeah. and of course people are now uh, apparently there is shortages of toilet roll yeah, um, I saw that. Someone should send me Why toilet roll? I don't quite get yeah, it. Yeah, well, I think with that one, what it is, is people are panicking that they'll either not be able to get it because everybody else is getting it, or some of it may be if they feel that they are um, put into isolation and they can't get out for 14 days. They're, <laughs> they're gonna run out roll. They don't want to be using their hands to do the do. So right. uh, yeah, now it makes sense. I get it. I get it. Right, yeah. And but I think I think a lot of it though is it's the time old thing of everybody else is doing it, so I better do it as well. Yeah, exactly. Sheeps. Exactly. I think there's probably a lot of that as well. But But then um, um, we're laughing at them, we're gonna be running out of toilet roll gonna be, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, that's just gonna have the hundred toilet rolls and we're gonna be without, so maybe we should Yeah, that's a standard thing in my school. I've either got way too much or none. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a nightmare for it. I really am. But there'll be somebody on Amazon by tomorrow selling it for a tenner a roll or something. Yes. <laughs> entrepreneurs yeah absolutely absolutely but no um i thought it'd be good to discuss because uh you had a post about it earlier on today as well and i think it's really you know it, i think it's as much as the naysayers you know may point and laugh i think it's prudent to be investing the time in it now um is looking at online solutions for providing content to, to keep your classes going yeah i mean there are countries where they're closing schools, right? And yes. starting to encourage people not to get together in groups. Yep. Now, it's not so much that we're particularly worried being rough, tough, healthy martial arts instructors, but it may be that our students are starting to, you know, get concerned with 
everything that's out there and might start thinking, well, do I want to go down to the gym with lots of people sweating and spluttering and Mm -hmm. sweating and all of that? Uh, Maybe I don't. And I just had a call today from an instructor who had two students cancel because of the fear of the virus. Like, even though they've got nothing in their gym, you know, there's no reported cases in the town that they're in. But there's just people are sort of some people maybe a little bit more worried about this and maybe understandably they might have relatives who've got respiratory conditions or they yep. might be ill themselves uh, you know are sort of semi keeping away from situations where they might catch it which i can totally understand if you if you've got some concerns on that yeah absolutely i think um as much as i mean i myself personally i'm not too worried about going out and doing things and you know and i, I was working on a I was working on a film job yesterday where there was you know, about a hundred of us all rammed in a room for an entire day. And it, yeah. it, it's, you know, it doesn't concern me on that front, but as you say, there are other people at the other end of the scale that are going to be very much, very much concerned about it. And I think as martial arts instructors, it's not for us, it's not for us to judge point laugh or even, I think even to a certain degree, it's not really necessarily for us to be preaching at them either to think a certain way we should be providing the solution to avoid there being an issue because yeah, of the way of that they think. So if they're, if they're panicking and they're worried about, you know, going to class, you know, rather than as, Oh no, don't be silly. It's just this. Well, you know, it's not for us to tell them they're being silly. We're, it's our job to provide a solution <laughs> that means that we don't lose them as students because I, th- I think you're right. I, I mean, I personally, I've been saying this for ages now. I think, Personally, within about within the next ten days, we're going to see school closures. It's going to happen. It's if you mm. if you yeah if we if we look at the way it's. I mean, I was looking at the um, the global figures and stuff from like about ten days ago. There was like two cases in France and four in Italy. I mean, look at the state of Italy now. I mean, yeah, that's exploded over there. They're they're all you know all the schools are closed, all the colleges are closed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think if we don't take into, I think if we don't have a plan of action to cover that off now, by the time it happens, it's too late. So, yes. I know, I, that's why I'm yeah. looking at it now, straight away. Yeah, I mean, why not just have it as a backup plan? It doesn't cost you any money or time, actually. You know, it's free to the services you can use for um, doing this type of thing. So, why not just have it there just in case you suddenly get like a load of people start cancelling and. You know, you can uh, say to them, well, you don't need to cancel. We have some other options in place for, you know, the next couple of weeks if you want to stay at home and train. So mm-hmm. it's just good business sense, I would say. Be prepared and be a scout and all that. So Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's several options. I mean, if we get worst case scenario, let's say, you know, you, we are told we have to close. Mm. Um, or, or not told, but maybe there's a significant amount of social pressure on us to not provide the service. Or um, we get it ourselves and they're yeah. like flu symptoms for two weeks, which you obviously can't teach like that. Exactly. And you wouldn't because you'd spread it to all your students. So, yeah, I mean, there's a, a couple of options. There's either live streaming, which is basically using the Internet to stream a class live. So if you did have to maybe shut your school or uh, on the days you weren't teaching classes, you could film live stream so people would watch you live and you kind of do a workout that could work people to do at home at the same time that's not a bad idea you could use facebook live for that you could use youtube live for that Mm. um both of those are good the only issue with those is you can't see your students on the other end so you obviously can't correct technique and anything so it'd be more of a 
sort of fitness sort of workout type of thing. Um, you could use something like Zoom, which is a, an amazing live streaming um, app, which allows you to also see your students so you can see them on your screen. Now, that's all right, maybe if you're only going to be doing 10 or 20 students at a time. But if you try to teach a class to, you know, your whole school of <laughs> 300 students, <laughs> not sure that's going to work so well. It's going to be a bit of a nightmare. Um, the only other issue with Zoom is that the students have to kind of download a bit of software to their computer to use Zoom. So there is that. I mean, you can use Skype. You've got lots of different options uh, for this for live streaming. Uh, personally, I'd be probably using Facebook Live or, yeah. or YouTube yeah. Live. Yeah, and I think, you know, the thing as well is we most people have more than one smart device now as well. So if you have your phone set to your YouTube channel and your iPad set to your Facebook channel, you can go live on both of those streams at the same time. Exactly. You yeah. Know, so, so there's not really, you know, people like, oh, but I can't do what you can. Absolutely, you can. Of course you can, I, yeah. And I think to a certain extent, I mean, we, I put an email out yesterday to all my students just outlining our plan basically this is what we're going to do at the moment keep coming as normal wash your hands when you arrive wash them when you leave common yeah. sense yeah, um, yeah. so i had like we've got like I, it's just i put in stages basically so stage one is this this is where we're at now stage two would be okay well we'll ask the parents to drop the kids off and not to remain in reception so we don't have like a sardine tin effect yeah. of all the parents ramming sneezing on each other etc yeah, yeah. etc um and then stage three we've put in place would be to reduce the class sizes down um so that we don't have as many people in the building at once yeah. um and then it so it just kind of scales up from there and then uh, you know the, the the very end of it is we close and we provide online training yes. and we've actually had you know several very positive emails back from parents saying, oh it's really good to see that you're taking this into account yeah. um, and throughout the email we do stress <laughs> we don't we don't we, we don't we feel that it won't get to this point and we hope it doesn't yeah. But just be aware we have thought about it. Um, yeah, no, I think it's the, I just think it's the right thing to do, isn't it, really? It's just good customer service, you know. Yeah. And if anything, it's an opportunity just to show that you are aware of things and you do care. Mm. Rather than pointing the finger. <laughs> if you're not like too confident with doing the live streaming thing or you don't want to do that, the other alternative is to record a load of uh, video lessons, you know, sort short 20 to 30 minute video lessons uh, on your phone and upload those to maybe a private uh, playlist on YouTube or create a private channel on YouTube just for sort of home training stuff for students to do. And then they can just select the the corresponding lesson that they want to work on. Mm -hmm. So um, there, there's, there's options. I mean, hopefully it won't get to this sort of thing, but I don't know what happens if, you know, you as an instructor catch it, yep. you, know, you phone up one, 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 someone in a hazmat suit comes around, tests you, says right that's it you have to stay indoors well then you you have to stay indoors don't you, you can't rock on down the gym but the thing is you might have support staff who could take over but you've probably been infectious for two weeks before that absolutely absolutely and you know i've and, and the other thing as well is it would be a bit of double standards I've, I've put in the email that's gone out if you present at the school I mean, our standard policy is if you turn up with a full of cold, we don't yeah, want no anyway. yes. we don't want you blowing snot on everybody. I mean, that's just common courtesy. But then again, 
Could you imagine the look on the, the parents' faces if they all walk in? <laughs> and there's me at the front. Sweating like, and shaking. Yeah, yeah. sweating, shaking and sneezing and blowing snot everywhere. They're going to be like, hang on, whoa, what's going off there? Well, so you'll, you'll kill your school instantly, yeah. I would think. Absolutely. At least until so, all this blows over. Yeah, there's a very realistic chance that some of us are going to end up having to close. Um, yeah. So I just think it's it's just common sense, really, isn't it? It's just to be ready. Um, yeah, because you don't. We don't know how long this is going to go. It might, you, you know, you might close your school for two weeks, and it'll make zero difference to your business because you'll apologise. You'll have extra sessions when you come back, and everything carries on tickety boo. But what if you have to close your business for a month or two months? Can you continue to charge your students? Yeah, are that's where sort of becomes an issue. Are, are they willing to pay for you know six weeks? How are you going to make up the six weeks classes when you? return what what sort of effect is that going to have on your business of six weeks of students not training yeah yeah i mean we know what two weeks of christmas does yeah it's an interesting one i definitely think you know this uh you you should consider having some sort of online training ready to go uh you know even if you just record a load of videos now just in case and if you don't use them for that put them on a bloody online course instead and do that instead yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, or you've got them. I mean, if they're just short clips, you can clip them down even further and just use them as content on your on your social yeah. media pages. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a win win win. There's no there's no downside to this. So. Well, unless you catch it. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I meant there's no downside <laughs> to creating to creating online content. You know, just in case. Just in case there's a plan B. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad I've got all my stuff there because it's. it's uh, Sat there, been sat online now for two years, just in case. Exactly. You could just use it straight away, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting time, isn't it? It'd be good to see what we're talking about in a month, like whether this has become a serious problem for instructors and, you know, it's a real threat to people's businesses or if it's just going to be like two weeks of people feeling ill and then it's done and we move on to the next crisis. Yeah, it is. It's a difficult one, isn't it? We've never really been in this position before. So, I mean, a lot of people are comparing it to other out- viral outbreaks, but they were not even close to this. Really, realistically, they weren't. I mean, I, I don't remember, you know, going to bed <laughs> with, you know, two cases and waking up, oh, there's 51. Oh, and then the next day you wake up, oh, 123. Oh, next day you wake up. It, it wasn't popping up like that. Um, no, maybe, maybe it was, but maybe it wasn't being reported as well. Possibly. They seem to be jumping on this, don't they, quite quite a lot so possibly possibly there is there is definitely a, a, a part to play from the media but they're, they're they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't aren't they because if they don't report on it yeah or, they, or there's no news in it <laughs> and then it gets potentially very bad then you know they, what do they do you know it's um yeah yeah it's a it's, a, it's an interesting <laughs> situation there's lots um, of people lots of people in uh, the it departments of, uh, of the advertising people be making these really cool little animated um images of viruses uh, there's like every every news network's got a different round thing in oh, the background okay. uh, different, some of them are red well. some of them are blue some of them are purple like these little virus shapes floating in the background as they're speaking on the wall right yeah <laughs> Probably it's... nothing to do with it at all, is it? It's just yeah. someone's put together a little shape. That looks like a virus. Chuck it out. Dude. Chuck it out. Yeah, like like the clip art days. Yes, so, that's right. Cool. So you're back inside to learn more about the 
Yeah. yeah, I'm sitting in a conference room with 100 people coughing and spluttering, so I'll probably be one of the first <laughs> first to go down. Some guy coughed on the back of my neck earlier on, and I was like, oh. for God's sake, man, <laughs> do you not know anything about this? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't oh. have a school, so I, like, I don't have a school, so I'm not that concerned about it affecting business like that because uh, mine's digital, so the only viruses I need to worry about are the digital type. Hopefully. Well, you'd be making money from your pants in your bed. Um, yeah, in- dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, True. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully this time next week we'll be able to check in with you. And yeah, I you think don't I'm all right. Have I, feel right. I, feel right. I feel all right. So I think I'll be all right for next week. <laughs> all right, mate. Well, uh, have a good one at the conference and we will Thank you. speak soon. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye now. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Thanks to Matt. I think uh, just one thing I will say is, you know, um, Matt's a busy guy. He's going all around the country doing all these different things that he does. And, you know, he's taken time out from, from that meeting that he's had or this event that he's at. He's actually recorded this in his car for us. Um, so, you know, a, a huge thanks to Matt for his time um, because I, I, I know that a lot of people do benefit quite a lot from, from the advice that he gives. And, you know, um, let's show him some love by... Um, heading over to his various websites if you head over to kickbackpodcast.com uh, at the top of that page there is a banner um, through to mitmaster.com and go have a click around and if you like some of the stuff be sure to pick up some of the content because um, you know every one of those sales helps Matt and obviously a little bit of a kickback no pun intended comes through to us as well um, so thank you all again for joining in listening and supporting um, if you could do a really cool thing for me if you could give this a share on your Facebook um, help get this whole podcast thing going again I know I had a little bit of time out towards the end of last year and thank you to everybody that showed support via PMs asking questions about my little one and, and etc um, I really do appreciate that but yes if you could help me out now by giving this podcast a share, uh, dropping us a review on iTunes really does help as well I know I've said that one before but if you use iTunes and you pop over to Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called these days, if you can leave us a star rating and review it really really does help um, helps iTunes sort of collate it all and it, it sends out um, advice to people if you like this you might like this so uh, that does help a lot um, sharing on your Facebook page and generally just hassling your friends to listen in um, I still do have a nice healthy box of podcast t-shirts as well you may have seen our long time listener Daniel um, with uh, Mark Dacascos at uh, a London Comic Con earlier this week, um, he sent me a really cool photo through of of himself with Mark Dacascos, um in the t-shirt in the podcast t-shirt, and um, Mark's actually sent a really cool um, message to us and the podcast listeners, um, thanking us for his support with the for the episode that we did for him. Um, a nice handwritten message and signature, which is really really cool. So if you head over uh, to our Facebook page, um, you should be able to find that picture there. So big big thanks to Daniel for for sorting that out, and also of course to mark for his kind words as well so um that brings us to the end of this week's episode i hope that um next week we will find you all well and uh, 
<laughs> We've not had any schools. Martial arts schools have to close. Can't say the same for the kids' schools, but we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, it might be that I end up stuck in rather a lot, so we might get a, quite a lot of podcasts in the coming months. Who knows? Um, so if you're sat alone at home and or you're quarantined in your school or wherever you are and you want to join us on the podcast, do get in touch and let us know and we will get it arranged. Obviously... <laughs> If you just want to be on the podcast with me, uh, do get in touch anyway. Or if you have a suggestion for a guest, as always, you can reach me at kickbackpodcast.com. There is a uh, chat option there and a message box option and all that cool stuff. You can also get us via Facebook or the old-fashioned way, well, I suppose semi-old-fashioned way, um, via WhatsApp at 07802-889-391. All right, guys, thanks again as always. Uh, Don't forget, give us a share, and I'll catch you all next time. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com.